Good morning. It's time to wake up, y'all. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, 7 Central to 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Available on Google Android, Apple iPhone, Facebook Live, and Periscope Twitter. Tap that Armchair Quarterback's app. Take us anywhere you go. The Armchair Quarterback Show, your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Good morning, Mr. Justin Waller. I think you're muted, Justin. Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. These things work a lot better without the mute off. But aside from that, waking up to see a weather delay at the Masters is a bunch of horse hockey. Well, we're in the middle of that hurricane that you're speaking of. Uh, I don't know much, but I know one thing. I feel fortunate that I don't think it's going to hit us as hard as I, th- as, as I thought it would. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it out the window, and uh, we were supposed to get a hell of a lot more rain, but we still have about five to six more hours before it uh, uh, clears, so... Maybe you shouldn't play a freaking Masters event in the middle of hurricane season. Ever think about that there, old Masters guys? You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Well, maybe I'm not the norm. I'm not camera friendly. I don't wear clothes that fit me. I'm not hygienic. I don't wipe properly. I don't own a toothbrush or let my scabs heal. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American Man. With a crew on in his Top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee sitting alongside Justin Waller. Justin, how the hell are you, sir? Oh, jacked up, man. Uh, uh, you know, in my neck of the woods, this was supposed to be one of the greatest sporting days ever, and I'm still uh, anticipating that it will be. Uh, got a Boston butt on the grill alongside a brisket, and uh, it's been going about an hour and a half, and I'd like to have a little golf to go with that. But uh, if not, uh, I'll find some cervezas to pair it with and uh, be ready for this football game tonight. You'll probably get some golf uh, early afternoon is what I would guess, is what they're projecting. Um, The remnants of Hurricane Ada is going through the state of Florida and uh, the state of Georgia, which is what we're actually focused on here. And I've been looking at the radar. I've got that on one TV. And from everything that I see, it, it'll definitely be gone by the end of, of uh, this afternoon. The problem is, it threw me for a loop, Just I got excited at first when I saw Masters coverage begins at 1 o'clock. I was like, hell yeah, they finally gave us a couple hours. And then I saw it ends at 5.30. I was like, oh yeah, daylight savings time. <laughs> <laughs> they can't play till 7.30, 8 o'clock nope. like they normally do because, you know, it's going to be darker than you know what out there. So, uh we have a, I think they have a cutoff around 5, 36 o'clock uh, lo- local time in Georgia, which I'm pretty sure they're on Eastern. Um, on, well, I was, I'm sorry, do what? I was going to say ESPN Plus uh, was tuned into, they, they, you know, they've got their featured pairings and uh, they've got Amen's Corner and a couple other holes set up that you can watch throughout the day until that coverage starts. Well you could have eta is uh messing that up right uh i guess we found out what the eta on eta was and it was right about <laughs> right about the time the masters started i did you know that didn't even cross my mind last night i was checking it because we have uh issues of uh high water here and here here on the coast of florida so i was 
I was curious. I was a little worried about that where we live, and I was checking also the level of my pool to make sure that thing wasn't going to go up. And so we were debating on whether or not we should let it run overnight and leak out in the street. It looks like it's going to be okay. I might have to turn it on uh, after the show, but I was more concerned with you know what I'd be you know looking at the pool <laughs> flooding as I'm in the middle of doing the show. Going, what the hell do I do here? Do I do I? I can see it happen after you go off the air. And like, do I abandon thousands of listeners <laughs> nationwide, or do I make sure my house doesn't flood? <laughs> and how long of a commercial uh, block do I actually have to play to say I'll be back in a few minutes? That thing plays for fifteen, right? <laughs> Um, so I think we're going to escape that. I was actually surprised. I thought I was going to wake up to, uh, a lot of rainfall. It looks like a, a lot of it has already gone off and is out into the Atlantic and the Carolinas are getting hit and it doesn't matter where the hurricane is. The Carolinas get hit with, with, it doesn't matter if it slams into it. If it goes into freaking Louisiana, somehow the hurt, I, I know one thing. I don't ever want to live in North Carolina ever. <laughs> Just especially not the eastern part, maybe the western part, closer to Tennessee. But I don't think I ever want to live in eastern Carolina because, my God, they get the hell kicked out of them every single hurricane season. Um, but speaking of the Masters, I know we don't have the actual Masters going on right now. They were supposed to be teeing off right about this point. Uh, but what what pairings are you excited about? You, you said that you're going to be watching it on ESPN Plus when it finally comes on. What are you excited about? Now, let me ask you something about that ESPN Plus pairings. Were those supposed to start before the Masters began? Uh, well, you were supposed to be. Uh, they were going to follow Tiger. He's teed off at six forty-five. Really? They were okay. Cover Tiger. So I wasn't past a pairing of that. I mean, that's all I needed for full Thursday coverage was let me just watch the goat uh, run around and hit the ball. But I'm curious into DeChambeau as well. Jack, um, Nicholas, I know his... is, Jack Nicholas is playing this morning. He said the yeah. goat. Ah. He is in my head. Ah. Ah. He is in my head. Tiger's a <laughs> man. Uh, anyways, um, so Tiger was supposed to tee off around eight, right? And... Uh, Seven forty-five uh, Eastern. Yeah, six forty-five Central. So uh, let me see. Well, I pulled up. I don't know what the hell I pulled up here. They're, they're, they're showing featured groups all the way up to Sunday. I'm like, what the hell do I care about that for? Good job there, CBS Sports. Um, what other pairings are are you uh, interested in? Or or players? Maybe not pairings, but uh, players. I mean, obviously, uh, with the local connection, I'm going to watch Snedeker. Um Curious to see how Brant bounces back and what he does, but I'm all in the DeChambeau, um, watching him see if he can overpower this course the way he anticipates it's going to happen or what he feels he's been training for. So last time we saw this course overpowered was Tiger himself, and then they they made some changes. So um, I don't know that we'll ever see that again. And I guess that's more the the storyline I am is can this course be overpowered the way that we saw Tiger do it. Uh, Brian just uh, chimed in. He is uh, he is lives in I think South Florida. He said they got 16 inches of rain in his neighborhood and it is flooding. Wow! Be safe, brother. Be safe. Um, the 
I, I got some of them pulled up as for, for some, some of the interesting The pairings. first big, big pairing would be noon for me, uh, Dustin Johnson, Candelay, and Roy McElroy. That's the one I have circled. I don't have the times because they've now taken the times off the board, and they just have numbers on them because uh, they don't know when it's going to start. But, uh, okay, so so that was supposed to take place at, at noon, is what you're saying? That was a uh, noon Eastern tea time. So, gotcha. You know, uh, what it, I'm looking it'll be at, five hours into the rest when they get the tea off. Another fun one, I'm assuming this one's right before, just by the way they have it numbered, but they don't have times on mine, is uh, Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka are in, are in a grouping is what it looks like. And it looks like they'll be taking off just before Dustin Johnson, if this thing is accurate that I'm looking at. That's what I'm showing as well, okay. uh, based on the original tea times. They were the Ooh, uh, John Rahm and DeChambeau are in the same pairing. Yeah. That's fun. Did you see John Rahm not acting a fool yesterday, hitting freaking shots left and right in the uh, in the uh, practices that they were doing? I saw some of it. I didn't, I mean... I tuned in for he the part, three challenge pick. and realized it was canceled. And I'm like, oh, I'm the can idiot they, that realized way, we didn't have it. By the way, can they put a couple, at least one big name with Tiger Woods, Shane Lowry and Andy Ogletree? Nothing wrong, nothing against those guys. I'm not even saying they can't have a chance of winning it. Okay, whatever. But can we get some, a couple of names in there that are a little more, uh, a little more Madison Avenue? I mean, can can, can we get a Bubba Watson in there with him? Or, uh, you know, I don't, you know, even even if they decide to put Graham McDowell in there, at least it's a champion that we all know, Patrick Reed, Tony Fanot. I mean, someone that, that, you know, that we all want. Brian's saying he's uh, picking uh, Justin Thomas to win. Um, speaking of that, as we uh, fade out of this segment and get into football here in a second, um, give me a win, place, and show. I'll keep track of it, and we'll figure out who, who, who does best. Basically, the lowest score will win. I'll go uh, DeChambeau I'll, for the win. Okay. I'm gonna take DJ. So okay. that's my guy and my outsider. I knew that was the guy you liked, so I figured you'd have him in there. Yeah, I didn't do it last time to my disappointment. Oh, my outsider. That's interesting. Um, hell, give me Tiger. Why not? Okay. I'm going to him at plus 3,300. I might as well pick him in my my, my non-stakes. By pick. the way, a couple of uh, for the tournament ones that I found interesting that I took. Just put a little skin in the game on them. Uh, and, and you can bet on one golfer over the other for the entire tournament. So I took uh, Kepka over Bubba Watson at a minus 120. I felt like that was a pretty – I, I know Bubba Watson, that's kind of his course, and he's uh, – but I just – I think Brooks Kepka is a better golfer, so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to lean on the fact that I think uh, Kepka will beat him out. And I took uh, DeChambeau to beat out Dustin Johnson, which DeChambeau, I believe, was actually an underdog in that one. I think he was plus 110 or plus 115. And, and so just to clarify what I'm saying is – I'm taking these golf one golfer to do better than the other golfer for the entire tournament. I didn't want to go just one day or whatever. I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna throw a little skin in there, and it gives me an entire weekend to watch. It'll motivate me to watch on Saturday as we're losing all these football games. And uh, my win yeah, place and show, I'm gonna go Kepka. I'm gonna go Rom, and then I'm gonna go uh, Deshambo. 
um, John Rahm. I, I, I was going to have that flip flop. Actually, I wasn't even going to have John. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't going to have John Rahm in my in my top three. And I saw him just freaking out there, just dropping dimes out there. And I was like, I might want to have him in my. Honestly, John Rahm should probably be my win, but uh, I'm a I'm a homer when it comes to Kepka. He's my favorite golfer, um, bar none. Uh, let's go ahead and take a uh, break so we can dive into Thursday night football. What a great day for uh, well for me and you. I don't know if anyone else really gives a damn, but <laughs> I'm excited. You don't like man. today? Oh yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm excited. I actually get to see a full game of the Titans and not just blurbs on the freaking uh, red zone. We'll be back in a flash here in the armchair quarterback as we take a really quick break and we get you ready for Thursday night football and a divisional clash for the divisional lead. A lot of these games when we play on Thursday night are just rubbish. This should be a good one. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. And see full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. That? That's the sound of NyQuil Severe, hard at work. NyQuil Severe is the best sleep with a cold medicine. No tossing and turning, just rest and recovery. <coughs> so you're ready to take on tomorrow. For powerful relief of your worst cold and flu symptoms, try NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, aching, stuffy head, best sleep with a cold? Medicine. Use as directed. Keep out of reach of children. Cha-cha now, yo. Cha-cha again. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. Clap your hands. Weekends in the fall just got a hell of a lot better. Saturday mornings, it's Dixie Football Nation, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We talk SEC, ACC, the Big Ten, and more. It's the only true Southern football kickoff show on Facebook Live. You don't want to miss it. And now on Sunday mornings at a new time, we're going 11 a.m. Eastern to noon Eastern with the NFL Fantasy Football Stardom Sinem Pick'em Show. We do DFS, season-long fantasy, and we keep a winning record against the spread. 8 to 9 Eastern Saturdays, 11 to noon on Sundays. The Armchair Quarterbacks have got you covered all football season long. Hi, I'm going to be your waitress because my mother drank. (laughs) We need a sec? Feeling kind of generous. Take two. Hold the microphone like a grudge Be a whole record so the needle don't budge I hold a conversation cause what I invent I nominated my DJ the president When I'm C.I. I'll keep a freestyle Going steadily to pucker up And whistle my melody But whatever you do, don't miss one Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks As we are getting ready for the Masters As we are in a rain delay Thankfully it's not uh, What they're getting through Augusta right now Is not a terrible weather situation uh so people don't freak out on us when we're antsy to watch golf uh they the 
the area of Augusta is really just getting rain, some wind, but they want to make sure that there's not going to be lightning popping up left and right. So that's why they're holding off on the Masters. Beginning this morning, it was supposed to start a little over an hour ago. I think 7 a.m. is when I other 6.55 or 7 a.m. is when I originally saw the first tee times. So we're in a delay. Um, I would say, uh, ooh, well, never mind. I was about to say, I think it might get out there in a few hours, but I, if that's a live shot of whatever green this is, man, that's bad. That is bad. It is flooding there. I don't know if you've got it on the Golf Channel, Justin. They just showed something that you would expect one of the people from the Weather Channel to be standing out there in a freaking uh, parka, you know, holding on to their head going, oh, it's, yeah, it's really good out here. Uh, we're starting to see. And, you know, you still see, like, people floating by on, you know, piece of driftwood as the somehow the i don't know how they do it but the 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 weather channel people always keep their balance while everyone else is getting knocked knocked around the weather channel people must during the downtime do nothing but squats i mean nothing but squats because it doesn't matter if it's a dude who's like six five or a girl who's five two they'll be getting bent sideways by like 80 mile an hour winds and they're 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 standing pretty damn straight you know, I have a hard time doing that after about five or six beers. And they're over there just standing straight as a whistle. The wind's blowing in. I'm like, man, I always, I'll, I'll get sucked into watching that because I'm always watching to see, not pulling for it, watching to see if some debris is going to smoke someone in the dome. <laughs> Knock them out. <laughs> not kill them, but, you know, so someone get smacked in the dome with like a freaking trash can lid or something. Oh, <laughs> uh, you have a few beers and watch the Weather Channel like I watch NASCAR races. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, looking yeah. for the carnage. I do, man. I'll sit there come on. There's not one garbage can lid out there. <laughs> And I'm talking about an old school one, one of the middle ones, like like the ones that uh, Oscar the Grouch would pop up out of. <laughs> I don't even know if they make those anymore. What the hell were they thinking back then, making uh, metal trash cans that were going to sit out in the freaking, you know, the weather? Oh, it, oh, and they might rust? Yeah, okay. <laughs> what the hell was that about? Um, I guess it took them decades to, to make plastic that was a little thicker than the plastic that they had. Uh, by the way, Brian chimed in and said, uh, if you want to, basically what he said is if you, if you want to watch uh, tiger, you don't have to go to ESPN plus just put it on ESPN. Cause that's the all day tiger channel. So <laughs> he's probably got a point there, but, um, yeah, they're showing, oof, I, I do not know. Well, those had, I see lights. I see lights. So I don't know if that's live or if that was from last night, but that's gotta be live. Cause it looks like the sun might be popping up so after we're gonna, the, after them, we're gonna see them bust in a bunch of lights and then run into the dark tonight i don't know but after they after after it subsides i, I wonder what their game plan is to get the water off the greens right because you're gonna have to i mean you can't just wait for it to 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 drain in i wouldn't think it would be that fast because they're not normally holding tournaments during hurricane season so I don't know if, if they've got devices that, that would either blow the water off or or maybe actually vacuum it, um, or if they have a draining system that like parallels these MLB stadiums where some of these newer MLB stadiums are phenomenal the way they drain. Uh, I, I remember when they opened Atlanta, they did a big dissertation. The short of it is they had like 
pumps after pumps after pumps that when the water got actually into the ground into the new is it truest park that it 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 looked like something that that would be working for the government underground where it's just it, it's just sucking all the water and just moving it along and evidently somehow they recycle it and it's i don't, I don't know how the hell that works but anyways uh titans colts are tonight and we're Looking forward to, I guess it's about 12 hours from now, uh, a battle for the AFC South. And I'll, I'll pull it up here again. Last night, I was surprised it was at a pick'em. It might have subsided to, I've, I've got to think the money's got to start going towards Tennessee. I mean, they're at home, and they got a better record. I don't know why uh, everyone would be in love with the Colts. On it, the side, I'm on uh, minus two is what we had last night. I'm... I'll pull it up now and see what we still it's a, are showing. It's a pick 'em again. That's that's what I have. I don't, you know, um, it's a pick 'em and the over under. Now it's back to minus one. Uh, I don't know if that pick 'em was at the beginning and when I log in, it, it, sh it shows me the updates. So right now, it's sitting at minus one and the over under is forty eight and a half. Well, there's been a lot of money moving in on Indy because last night, uh, and I was up pretty late looking. They were. Uh, Plus two, and now it's yeah, I can confirm it's a pick'em. Wow, interesting. So, one way or the other, no matter what side. And I'd say that it has to do a lot with Adoree Jackson being ruled out yesterday. A lot of people thought that maybe he could make it back. Uh, he practiced Wednesday, but he was ruled out, and, and kind of thought that might be the way Vrabel leaned with the Ravens being next week, having the long week to work him back in, uh, not throw him to the wolves against the Colts tonight. So, that that could have a lot to do with it. I guess, but I would just think from a from a from a novice fan's perspective, which is normally what bets on them, you would look at as all right. Tennessee's got the better record, and they're at home. You would think more money would be going to Tennessee as opposed to. Uh, I'll be interesting to see what uh, they say. The history of Philip Rivers. You want to talk about the kryptonite of the yeah, Tennessee Titans in Nashville? He he's beat us every time he's come in here. Couldn't beat the Chargers here ever. Well then, who, well, then who was at quarterback uh, last year when the uh, Titans beat the Chargers? I thought that was Phil. Tyrod Rogers. Taylor? I don't think so. I'll pull it up. Remember the well, famous goal line stand? Remember the famous goal line stand that basically turned the season because that was the uh, Tannehill to uh, Mariota game? Um, okay, well, he's got one that I have forgotten about. If was that he, here if, or there? That was in in Nashville. I was. I'm almost positive. I, I I could be wrong. I'm going to pull it up because, you know, I feel like it was in my mind. It was that 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 goal line stand on this on the. I guess that's the south end zone had had Titan logos on it. But I'll, well, I'll let's put up. two of them in a row against this dude, and then I'll maybe feel a little bit more optimistic uh, about the rematch in two weeks. I'm pulling up Titans Colts. <laughs> I was like December. Uh, I'm talking about yeah the uh, Titans Chargers obviously. But that that was definitely my biggest fear. It's just uh, he's always had uh, over his career success against this defense. This defense is a shadow of its former self. Um, I, I still think we've improved with the addition of King, and we saw pass rush last week. But the problem is, is you're going against one of the best offensive lines and. Should almost be a pay-per-view fight. You got uh, Quentin Nelson and uh, Big Jeffrey Simmons going to be locked up one-on-one, mano-a-mano, all night, and that's going to be one heck of a match. 
Yeah, it was in it was in Nashville. Uh, at the time, Tennessee was uh, two and four, and that win took him to three and four. This is right about the time Tannehill took over. Tannehill, I mean, it might have even been his first game, but I really don't. I feel like he started a couple games before that. But uh, Tannehill threw for three hundred twelve yards that day. Rivers threw for three twenty nine, two touchdowns, but he did get the loss, so he did have a good game. But also felt like he's got a lot, he had a lot better. Uh, weapons in Los Angeles slash San Diego. And also the Phillip rivers we're seeing in 2020 is not the Phillip rivers that we would have played in years past. Like I can remember specifically one of the playoff games where we went out to, uh, uh, at the time, San Diego and they just ate our lunch. But it was one of those years where the Titans like space basically barely slid into the playoffs. Um, I just, I'm, I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but this will be the first time that I've sat down and watched an entire Colts game. But the, what I've seen with the clips, the highlights, also what, what I've gone back and looked upon on those, on that uh, replay NFL game day. Um, he just, his arm looks even weaker than it did last year when and he continues to make really dumb decisions. And so that's what I'm leaning on. What's more likely to happen? A Colts have a 100-yard receiver, or they score over 23 and a half, which is the uh, over for their team total. Score 23 and a half. I think I'm going to lean that way just because this defense has been poor. So, and I really think that the Titans are, or that the Colts will take away the running game, uh, just like the Steelers did. They, they will try and duplicate that, which means it's going to put it on Tannehill, Brown, and Davis, Johnny Smith. I mean, it, it, you've got the weapons to spread a hand, but uh, spread it out. But you, you're, they're going to make Tannehill beat them, and uh, he struggled uh, in the past couple of weeks. He's got to write that. So. In saying that, I think the Colts will have opportunity to throw it because I think there'll be some three and outs. I, th I think there'll be some drop passes and shorten the clock because I think they're going to try and take away Derrick Henry. Now, wh whether that succeeds in the fourth quarter, one will find out. But uh, for the first three quarters, it's it's going to be – they're, they're going to have to air it out and move the ball. Yeah, they, I think it's going to be a battle of wills because I think they're going to want to use Derrick Henry. Um, but also, I do believe if, if Tennessee is going to get a W – Tannehill's got to have a good game. He doesn't have to have a big game. He doesn't have to throw for four hundred yards, but he's got to get. He's got to have a good game, meaning no turnovers. What what concerns me more than than Philip Rivers is that Colts defense. That Colts defense is is, is very, it's the strength very of their team, which is something that we don't normally talk about with the Colts. I mean, even back when they had Mathis and Franey, I mean that that wasn't the strength of that team. We were still talking about that offense. Um, but this year, that, that defense is the strength. Um, and if they can keep you in it and keep you leading, uh, that offensive line has enough that uh, throughout the ball game, they're going to open up running holes. And that that's my concern there is uh, what jumps out at me, where I'm down. What jumps out at me from last week with the Colts, first of all, their defense against the Ravens, who we know can run the football. The only team that runs the football more often than the Ravens, which has actually shocked me. You know what? I'll, I'll throw it to you. What team do you think runs? So the Ravens run, I think, sixty-four and a half percent the time of the, of the time on their plays in the NFL. 
What team do you think would be number one? Barely by like 65.1. I think they were 64.7. Based off this season, I'd guess the Patriots. I would have thought something like that too. This shocked the hell out of me. The Cleveland Browns. And after I saw it, I was like, okay, now I get it. But when I think of Cleveland, I think of Baker Mayfield and company, right? So I was like, you know what? They you know, they really have gone to running the football, but I would have never thought it would it was that uh, big of a, of a scale. But what jumped out at me from, from last week's game when I was looking over the stats is that, yes, they gave up 110 yards rushing to the uh, Ravens, but it was on 38 carries. That is literally three yards in a cloud of dust. I mean, that is that is old school. I don't want to say boring football, but you're not you're not doing a whole hell of a lot. I you, you know that 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 interception by Rivers that went to the pick six to the house obviously oh. had a big deal with that game. But I think what really jumped out at me as far as you know the Colts is. They don't really have that go-to receiver that's a threat. You know, you got Pittman and, and Pascal, and of course, you know they still have T.Y. Hilton there and uh, Mo Alley Cox. But you don't have T.Y. Hilton is not the T.Y. Hilton of his youth, so they're going to dink and dunk you down the field, and it's whether or not you can get them off the field, almost like a bend but don't break defense. What's more likely to happen? Philip Rivers throws two picks, or Derrick Henry throws two touch or rushes for two touchdowns. Two touchdowns by Henry. I don't think Rivers have two picks. I mean, he, he probably will have one. Um, I think the difference is going to be Tannehill in this one, and I don't think it's going to be his arm. I think, uh, or uh, and I hope Smith is creative and he uses the legs of Tannehill and uh, bootlegs him out and. Uh, but, you know, use them to our advantage to keep the defense honest, and maybe that'll open up some of that uh, interior rushing for Derrick Henry. More likely, Titans win or the Titans score over 24.5, which is the over-under right now for the team total. Can I take both? Can I parlay it? <laughs> um, What's more well, likely to happen? They could both happen. What's more likely to happen? Well, I've got the Titans winning 27-24, so this is a conundrum. Um, I'll go with the win. I don't care about the points. I could see a lower scoring game than what the experts think. I'm not willing to take the under. It's too close to where I have in my head, but it's uh, – wow. Um, what happens? Higher number. Guskowski kicks more field goals or the Titans get more sacks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Clowney's back in the lineup. So there goes the defensive sack production. So I'll go with the field goals. <laughs> All right. I'm going to lean on the sacks. I, I think Rivers. You think is he got a wake up call last week? Maybe. Possibly, and also think. Well, you know, also something else too is that the great thing about signing a guy like this, you know. But what did we do? We went out and we uh, Marcel Azuna'd him. We signed him to a one-year deal. So he, he ain't Marcel Azuna though. No, not yet. But he's out there. Well, first of all, he does get a lot of hurries. It's not the fact that he's not getting back there. He's just back there by himself. So I don't think that's a criteria for bonus structure. 
No, but what I'm saying, it keeps you hungry to be able to, if nothing else, looking for next year, whether you think you're going to be in Nashville or wherever, you're out there auditioning as opposed to if we would have given them like a four-year deal, then we'd be sitting here just kicking the freaking crap out of the TV. Uh, The last one, never mind. That was the last one. What is your uh, score in this game? 27-24 Titans. I think it's going to be close, uh, and it'll probably come down to the wire. Twenty. These games usually do. I got 23-20 Titans. That's why I'm a little hesitant on the over. The over, it's 48-and-a-half, but I could see yours, too. I mean, you know, we're only talking about one score one way or the other, and I think it's going to come down to the Titans having to make a big play on defense at the end when uh, Rivers has the ball in his hand down by a field goal. And we'll see if maybe that's that, that's where we get our second interception of the day. Mayor Murfreesboro gets an interception, Mr. Byard, and Tannehill has a rushing touchdown. It's going to be my two predictions. If they get this win, so we've talked about they're playing two games in 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 a three NFL weeks, right? I went further to look at the Colts schedule. This is more do or die for the Colts than it is for the Titans. Listen to what they have to play after the uh, Tennessee Packer, Tennessee, which is no joke in itself. But after that, let's say if somehow they're in first place, they're going to go to the Texans, which is not going to be easy for them. It's a divisional rival. And as long as you got Deshaun Watson, you got a chance. They're going to play the Raiders. And then they've got to play Houston again. So... They just got really double whammy that they have to play their two top division rivals in back to back two uh you know uh one I don't even know how you'd say that but you play your rival you've got a tough team and you play your rival again. And they're doing that twice. That's that's rough. So they're going to go Tennessee Packers Tennessee and then Houston at the Raiders Houston. That's rough. And then they get, and then it gets a little easier. They go to the Steelers, <laughs> and then they finish it all off with the, you know, with the Jaguars. But at that point, it may not matter. Hell, the Steelers might be resting by then. I don't know. I thought about that, but hopefully, <laughs> what we need is, is the uh, is the uh, what the uh, the the Ravens to stay hot hot on their trail because. That is tough, man. I would that that's got to be one of the toughest stretches down the down the stretch of the back half. Uh, since it's Masters, they will say the back nine uh, in in a in the NFL to have to play your two division rivals four times in six weeks and have it sprinkled in mobile with the way when you're not playing. Then you're you're gonna play the Packers and you're gonna play at the Raiders. And then and then when you get through that, if somehow you're still in first place, you. You get rewarded to get to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who might be go, trying to go for sixteen and zero, and are laser focused on you at that time. <laughs> that is a brutal schedule. It is terrible. And I looked at Tennessee's, and it's a hell of a lot easier than that. I mean, I you know we we always look at our individual schedules and say, oh man, we got a rough go, we got a rough go. <laughs> I put it side by side to that, and I said, never mind, dude, I'll take this. <laughs> That's that'll be all right in my book because Tennessee, if you look at them comparatively after they get out of theirs real quick, um, 
they 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 host the Browns and then Jaguars Lions. You gotta like that. And then they do have to go to the Packers. That's not gonna be funny for anybody. It's at Packers. Uh, is that a Sunday night or is that a Thursday night? It's twelve twenty seven. Whatever. That's a that might be a Monday night. No, that's a Sunday night, I believe. I didn't realize that Tennessee was on a Sunday night game. Maybe they got flexed. Yeah, that's the weekend after Christmas, or the Sunday after Christmas. Right, and I, I'm pretty sure Christmas falls on a Friday this year, so that's a Sunday. It does. So that, that's a Sunday night game, and, and then they finish out the Texans, but by then they might have it all wrapped up. Let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we got some uh, baseball to get into, and... Uh, more COVID shutdowns. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio. It's important to remember the value of taking time for ourselves to do the things that help us grow and explore, like learning something new. And now with the Great Courses Plus, it's never been easier to experience the joys of learning. The Great Courses Plus offers thousands of streaming videos that cover hundreds of fascinating topics, from World War II to choosing the perfect wine. You can even take a course on the U.S. government or dealing with stress and anxiety. And because The Great Courses Plus partners with world-class professors and experts, you're always receiving thoroughly vetted, high-quality content from every lecture. Plus, you can watch or listen anytime, anywhere with The Great Courses Plus app. So take a little time for you. Sign up for The Great Courses Plus today for a free month of unlimited access. Visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio to get started. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash radio. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, even though the... You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. We're here weekdays, drive time, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Kick off fall and kick off happiness with Schaffer Hopper Grapefruit and Pomegranate Beer. Log on to kickoffhappiness.com for your chance to win a cool custom cooler with Schaffer Hopper swag, including your favorite team's jersey. Look for the Schaffer Hopper displays at your local retailers for great savings on Schaffer Hopper Grapefruit and Pomegranate. And learn more about the sweepstakes at kickoffhappiness.com. See site for official rules. Must be 21 or older. Brewed and bottled in Germany. Imported by Radeberger Group USA, Norwalk, Connecticut. Always enjoy responsibly. Okay, okay. I'm ready to rock. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks. We are Armchair Quarterbacks on Facebook. Find us today. Morning's here. The morning's here. Sunshine's here. The sky is clear. The morning's here. Hey, you're back. Hey, get it together. Breakfast is near. The dog of night has disappeared. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Okay. I knew tattoos and farmer tans, rodeo and NASCAR fans, Dallas Cowboy football on TV. When the storm starts getting bad, you hear those sirens humming. Welcome back to the armchair quarterbacks. There's a hurricane coming, it's on us. All throughout the southeast as uh Hope everyone's uh, staying out of harm's way. Some of us heading toward through Jacksonville right now. 
Uh, it's not a good sign when I see waves in my pool and I don't have a wave machine. <laughs> I see, I see the water just, it's just kind of creeping and moving along. I'm like, what the hell is going on out there? I got all those little floats that are they're banging into each other. Should, I should probably put that on Facebook Live. It's actually, it's almost like a, uh, what are those things called? The, uh, the Derby, the demolition derby out there that's what it looks like right now I, I i got some floats that are banging into each other right now my money's on the duck uh the mets owner steve cohen had a press conference it was either yesterday or the day before i think it was the day before and i didn't get a chance to get to this yesterday so i wanted to throw this at you because it's one of the quotes that stubs jumps out at me and i realized something about this about steve cohen I think he's worth like $12 billion. So he's one of the richest guys in, the, in America, much less the world. Um, he and the Mets are already at $172 million now that Marcus Stroman accepted the offer, the arbitration offer, or not arbitration, the, uh, the qualifying offer to play one more year in New York for the $18.9 million, which is what has been established this year. So, I know the Mets would have much rather just let him go to free agency. But they're, they're going to pay him $18 million. They're $172. That's fairly high for standards of Major League Baseball, but Cohen is worth quite a bit. Cohen grew up a Mets fan. I mean, he watched the... Uh, the uh, the Mets as a cat. I think he was born in like 55 or 56. And he grew up watching the Mets when they first, the first inception of the Mets, when they were back playing back in the polo grounds for the first couple of years, that's how long he's been a Mets fan. He was like five or six years old. He told stories about him and his dad going to the, to the park and you know, him being a big Mets fan his whole life. So this is a big billionaire who is a smart businessman, who is a diehard Mets fan. He's now finally bought his team that he wants. Remember, he his name was involved in buying Los Angeles Dodgers about a decade ago, a little, little less than that, and they, they went in another direction. And he said he didn't know if it would ever come back up again for him to be able to buy a team that he wanted because he's got a lot of business uh, – equities in Los Angeles and New York. And basically what he was saying is I'm not going to buy the Royals because I don't want to have to have a reason. I don't want to have to go fly into Kansas city every week. I don't have to go fly into Atlanta every week. I don't want to have to go fly. He wanted somewhere where he was already going to be dealing with his other businesses. Cause like he said, I have a day job guys. And what I do is I stay out of the way of the guys that are going to be making the decisions for the Mets. I'm going to hold them accountable, but I'm going to trust that if I hire them, there's a reason why I hired them, and away we go, essentially, right? They're going to report to him, but he's he said that he's just not a big fan of micromanaging because he feels like, I wish more bosses would listen to what this man said because obviously he knows what the hell he's doing because he sees it. He says, if if I'm constantly micromanaging you, you're never getting any, any work done. You're constantly reporting to me. I've worked for a lot of bosses, and just I'm sure you have too. That do not get that concept. They are all about sticking your sticking their nose in your business constantly. Like, bro, if you would let me do my job, yours would be much easier. Just stay the hell out of my way. Yeah, those aren't bosses; they're pencil pushers. Right. 
but there are I've I work for owners that are pencil pushers essentially. Um, they 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 uh, they will they'll get into your business when they don't really know the business, and so that's my point on that. But um, my here's the thing I'm throwing at you because anyone who who is a fan of anyone in the NL East has got to be concerned. He said. If the Mets don't win the World Series within three to five years, he's going to look upon it as a disappointment. He didn't say he was going to fire everyone in the world and you know lose his mind, but he's basically saying his expectations is to win the World Series within the next three to five years. That's really not that crazy, as even though the Mets have been bad the couple of years, when you look at their pitching staff and you look what they could do. And there's rumors that they could be making a run at DJ LeMahieu. Uh Lindor. I just want to get your thoughts on that because as a Braves fan sitting in the in the NL East, we I know we have a lot of Marlins fans that listen to us. They're in trouble. Uh Phillies fans, you know, and then let's not forget the twenty nineteen World Series Washington Nationals. I mean, my first thought when I heard this is it's a perfect time to realign these divisions. <laughs> Why is Atlanta? Pretty much, why, why I, I would Atlanta, agree with that. Why is Atlanta got to be playing up there in the in the in the in the eastern part of the seaboard where all the all the money is and all the population is, and you're you're dealing with you because the 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 Nationals and the Phillies spend money like drunken sailors too. I'm kind of jealous. I wish Atlanta had an owner like that. Um, wish they were more hands on. I think. It, what else would you have as expectations if you buy if you were buying a sports team? I mean, that would be exactly my goal as well. If uh, it's going to be a disappointment if we don't have a championship within this, his resources, especially the Mets, right? It's yeah. different if you say I'm taking over the Seattle Mariners and you're like, okay, we we want to be. Division- We'd like to turn it around. Yeah, I, I get that. Right, but, yeah. but the Mets, I mean, they you've got arguably the best pitcher in baseball in Degrom. You've got some pretty good bats. He he had a bad year this year, but I, I feel like Pete Alonzo will bounce back. You've got a good a good mix of youth and veterans. Cano had a comeback year. I'm still I still am not convinced he's going to do that again next year. I but that's a different rant for a different day. Um, but just all in all, they've got pieces to compete, not just for the the division but the you know but for the nl and and beyond and now that they're expanding the playoffs we don't know the exact number for 2021 but it looks like we're gonna some be somewhere around between 12 to 14 teams in the playoffs it makes it even more possible that you're at least going to be in the tournament every year if, if you're the mets don't you think i would say it would put you there So, I just want to put that out there because as Braves fans, we're excited about our young team, and then this billion, multi-billionaire goes and takes over the Mets, and I'm like, oh. I mean, and I still don't think we saw, uh, man, I mean, I'll just cough it up to 2020, but Girardi still doesn't make me comfortable sitting in Phillies. I know the Phillies are bad, but uh, my dude will get it turned around. I mean, the Braves window is closing is what I'm saying. All they need, serious, honest engine. I say we got the next two years of ours, and you – 
all Philly needs to do in this in this offseason is to go out there and make the bullpen a priority, and they're going to be right there. They've got okay starting pitching. They've got a couple of studs, but top to bottom they got okay. But they're they're really big on a couple of guys down in their minor system. And let's not forget the Marlins are pretty daggone good. They are. They're you, you know they've got a lot of young talent. The Marlins are going to have to. Uh, the Marlins are going to have to Kansas City Royal it. In other words, get lightning in a bottle and try to make deep runs for a couple of years. And then when some of these kids get to the point of arbitration or they get to the point of even further along than that, where, where they're going to be free agents in a year or two, then they're going to have to start doing very good. They're going to do a very good job in the front offices. And that's what... Derek Jeter is going to have to be in charge of making sure he's not going to make the decisions. You don't want Derek Jeter making the decisions. You want the people that Derek Jeter hires to make the decisions. And that's going to be the key to the Marlins is getting the most bang for your buck out of each piece of talent. But the Braves are in a similar situation. Now they're going to get out of the, uh, the terrible television contract in a few years, so that'll help a little bit. But they're not going to have New York Met money. At Atlanta is a secondary big city. They're they're not Philadelphia. They're not New York. They're not Washington D.C. So they don't even have a hands-on owner. By the way, uh, it was an Ohio sweep yesterday. Bieber and Bauer will win the Cy Young Award. Um. That just Bauer got uh, one year left with the Reds. No, he's a free agent. He's he's free agent, correct? Yeah, he looked good in Atlanta. Yeah, well, that's that's one of the guys that, that I think the Mets are going to go after. I think they're going to push Jeez. that. I think. Jeez, what, I think what the Could Met, you imagine that and Degrom coming at you? <laughs> right. I think the Mets are going to the Mets and the Yankees are going to set the price for Bauer. I would expect the Red Sox to be involved in that. Atlanta doesn't have the cash to to. Uh, pull that off i keep seeing that on braves twitter i'm like would y'all wake up yeah we uh re-signed tomlin yesterday that's the kind of money we have yeah quit day drinking you know come on if you're gonna day drink don't get involved in you know actual you know grown-up talk on twitter because oh man we can get bauer and then we can make a trade for lindor and teach him about a play um third base and we'll put riley out in uh, the left field i actually saw this yesterday i'm like who the hell? I, I it was all I could do not to respond. I left it alone. And there are people liking it. And go, yeah, man, sounds great. You're a genius. I'm like, oh, you're an idiot. It's never going to happen, my friend. Never going to happen. Well, I mean, past the Lindor, and you probably can't. You're right. You can't compete with the money with Bauer. But uh, it's wishful thinking, and I hope they at least uh, push all the chips in. At least make me feel like you tried. Now, Lindor, that's just crazy. Yeah, you lay off the bottle. That's not happening. Um, and you're not bringing him in to play third either. Oh, they had all kind of, or no, the, uh, I guess the, it was at slide Dansby to third and put Lindor in shortstop. I'm like, I don't know what people are watching. Riley's got a hell of a glove at third. We saw a lot of leather out of him this year. Um, now he needs to work on that throwing and hitting in the chest, but uh, his problem is strikeouts. It's not, uh, it's not playing third. Well, it's also just unrealistic to think that this is some fantasy baseball team that you're going to go out there and get every single good player. 
Let's be let's be realistic. Yeah, we've been looking for a starting pitcher for three years. It's obviously hard. I, well, th- that's my thing. Is let's be let's be realistic. Bring back the pieces of a, on a pretty darn good Braves team that are just going to get better because you're going to get Soroka back, right? You're going to clear up the money from uh, the the terrible Cole Hamill signing. And invest that into 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 keeping Ozuna. That would be my thing. Let this Braves team come back one year older. I think they're pretty darn good. And then, of course, you've got a lot of relievers that are, that are free agents, and you want to make sure you sign them. Uh, Melanson being one of them. If you don't sign Melanson, you got to figure out who your closer is going to be. Because Will Smith did not look like a damn closer to me. And I've always wondered about that when he sat out there out west, and uh, we didn't, we never saw him a whole hell of a lot, and he was striking out the freaking. Uh, you know, Rockies. I mean, to that matter, Green uh, wasn't as good as he was as a Tiger. No, I, I don't but feel I'll like we what, got the production, but it was better than Smith's. I will tell you, I'll tell you what, if it, if it push comes to shove, I'd rather have Green as our closer next year than Will Smith. I'd say Will Smith's a setup man. Or you might go Chris Martin and then have Green and Will Smith be the setup guys. But regardless, you get a hell of a lot worse if that happens. I'd like to see Melanson come back. Um, Switching gears to that, by the way, the MVP race is uh, announcement is tonight. So right around the time of the Titans kickoff, we'll know if uh, Freddie Freeman or Mookie Betts wins the uh, NL. Pretty much those are the those are the two names. People keep pushing Betts, but they they keep forgetting they're not going to take the World Series into consideration. The, they 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 had to have their votes sent out by. By the uh, the Monday after the regular season, so these are not. Uh, although they are saying that there are a he lot, he wouldn't have been my leader at that point. They are saying though um, that there are a lot of of votes that are starting to come in in Nevada and Philadelphia area that are going Mookie Betts. They ain't got those coming in in Atlanta, do they? <laughs> They're still counting them in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> Gwinnett County. Yeah. Um, NCAA COVID shutdowns. Um, before you leave, I just wanted to throw this out at you because I think this contact tracing crap is a broken system. You're getting guys who are missing more games because of the contact tracing than they are of actually going COVID positive in some cases. And that is what is shut down for people that missed it. Georgia, Missouri got shut down yesterday. Um, And the Ohio state game got shut down yesterday. And there's talks that there's at least two pack 12 teams, 12 games, excuse me, two pack 12 games that are in danger. And it's coming down to the fact that it's different states different conferences with different protocols. And I don't remember which one it was, but one of the SEC games that's getting canceled, it's because uh, they had one guy get it. Only one guy has, 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 has tested positive, but because they did the entire contact tracing for that entire, it was either the, it was either an offensive line or a secondary. I don't remember, but that's why they're not playing the game because they feel like none of these guys are going to be able to practice this week. And I'm like, dude, you've got freaking roster size 
of 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 anywhere between eighty and a hundred at some universities. And you only need eleven on each side. Right. So it's just it's asinine to me that they're canceling games. They're they've canceled the Ohio State game because they have nowhere to put it. And there's questions on whether or not they can make up the Alabama LSU game because there's really no place to put it. You gotta take away the the game so the poll workers can count their votes. That way they're not missing anything. Yeah. It's the recount's fault. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of anyone who, who who's dealing with COVID and has gotten COVID, has gotten over it, or the people who have lost their lives. That's terrible. But what I'm saying is the way they've set this up, it's almost going to be impossible to navigate through a season because you get one wide receiver that catches COVID, even if he's asymptomatic. They contact trace it to everyone he's been in contact. Well, of course, every wide receiver is going to be with every wide receiver because they have meetings together and they're on the field together. And how far does contract tracing go? And so that's, it's, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on it? And a lady at the Waffle House tested positive a couple nights ago. Can I use that to get me out of work today? Exactly. I mean, is that how contract worsen, tracing works? Because uh, I don't know, man. I, it's above my pay grade. It's above my medical expertise. Uh, I'm a Band-Aid, Neosporin, and Robitussin guy. If those things don't fix it, well, you just SOL at my house. we got to take you somewhere. They've got to figure something out, though, because it's we're getting into the heart of the, of the flu season, which probably means that the COVID season is going to increase. We've already seen the numbers jump um whether you believe the numbers or not the numbers are up okay and that's the that's the point of it so don't conspiracy theory me theory me today um but what i'm saying is how are you going to navigate through these seasons a football season which is a contact sport if you're going to contact race in theory every single player on every single team has to sit out because at some point they've touched another person This isn't tennis. And I just don't know how they're going. I think they need to be. I, I, one of the things, the NCAA is really dropping the ball on this. They want to uh, be the leaders of, of this and show how to, you know, go take the next step. Push the damn playoffs back a couple of weeks. Give these schools and these conferences a chance to navigate through this. Why are we in such a damn hurry to play the game the day after Christmas? The uh, the first uh, playoff matchup is December 26th. Why are we in such a hurry for that? Who gives a crap? Yeah, I mean, why can't that be a New Year's game? Why can't you push it back two weeks? On, on yeah. those Saturdays, the NFL is going to have games on anyway, so, you know, just punt it. And you can play. There's nothing saying you can't play your playoff game on a Friday night or a Thursday night because by then, if you wait until the NFL playoffs start, they only play on Saturdays and Sundays, right? So you're not stepping on their toes and you're not going to lose any. And people would would love to watch a game on a Thursday night or a Friday night. You know, probably Thursday is better, but uh, Friday is usually a really bad night for television ratings. But that's that's all I'm saying is if we're gonna if we're gonna be this meticulous about it, then you've got to give these these schools opportunities to get through this and 
I don't think there's a, I don't think it's a huge deal if the championship is played in, you know, late January as opposed to, I think it's, I think it's scheduled for the 13th or something like that at this point. You've got time to play with this. I, I just don't get it. There's no way that, the, that your ESPNs and whatnot are saying, well, we, we don't want this on our TV if it's not done by this certain date. I wouldn't mind to push it back and have Saturday the national championship and Sunday the Super Bowl. Talk or, about a great weekend. Yeah, or that. They probably wouldn't do that, though, because you, you, there's a lot of logistics when it comes to coverage and whatnot. But... um regardless there's nothing saying you couldn't play these things during the week like i said thursday night's a big night for television why not why not just lean into it the thursday before the super bowl or maybe you probably wouldn't have to wait that long because your playoffs are not as long but you could do the thursday um i don't know i don't have the calendar in front of me i don't have time to pull it up but basically you you could put the you could put a thursday in a thursday back-to-back weeks or Thursday and skip a week at a Thursday in case there's an issue. And you could take that all the way into you know, the third week of January. Why are we in such a, you, I'll tell you who would love it the most. If they didn't play the day after Christmas, moms and wives all around the country, because <laughs> you know, there's some arguments coming with, wait, what? No, we've got to go to aunt June's. Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, because she couldn't come for Christmas this year because of COVID. So we're going to, we're going to do a, or we're going to do a virtual Christmas on Saturday with her. You better turn that TV off (laughs) all throughout the city of all, all throughout the state of Alabama. Like you've lost your brain. (laughs) You want to be a divorce attorney in late December in, uh, Alabama, if that's the case, I know you got to run, sir. Um, who wins the Colorado State Boise State game today? There's two football games. Uh, I'll go to Boise State. And what's your walk off? We need some clear skies and sunshine. I'm ready for some golf and some football. Everybody have a great day. It's going to be one here in my household. Yeah, I got excited a second ago. I saw some players out on the course, but I, that might have been a, that might have been an old video. Yeah, so. they were showing the replay of the guy coming out blowing the horn, getting everybody off. I got excited, almost announced it, and then realized what was happening. And I was like, "You could have prefaced that with a little time or like recorded earlier." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I saw stuff popping up all all yesterday on the Golf Channel, and I would I would see stuff pop up. I I, I thought it was live. Uh, coverage of you know them practicing, and then I started realizing when they showed Tiger Woods crying, I'm like, oh god, this is 2019, man. This is all right, brother. We'll we'll see you. Oh no, we won't see you, Manana. We'll, we'll see you uh, Friday. Sorry, Monday. Monday. Yeah, Monday. Sorry. Have a great I don't weekend. Know I was like, don't tell me it's Wednesday all over again. <laughs> Have a good day, man. All right, brother. We'll be back in a flash show on the armchair quarterbacks. Keep it locked in. Hey. What we always call on the game, PlayStation game, what's the, what we always call? Head to tail on the PlayStation oh, game. Tail. All right, then. You should have told him tail. I thought you told him. No, I told you. I thought you knew the special team always. They don't, they don't play the PlayStation like us. Don't miss a moment of heart-stopping NFL coverage on Armchair Quarterback Radio. Third and three.
we'll see a pick of some kind on the right side possibly. Montana looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. Only 12 seconds left to play third quarter. Here's Marcus Allen cutting back upfield, and Marcus Allen could be gone. 74 yards for Marcus Allen. The quiet man of this football team, Scott Norwood. He can fire the shot heard round the world now. Here we go with eight seconds to play. High drama here in the Super Bowl. Five in the air. It's got the distance. This helpful instructional message from the National Association of People Who Have Trouble Walking and Chewing Gum at the Same Time. Step, chew. Step, chew. Step, chew. Step, chew. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I go to mybookie.ag. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Look, I wouldn't be telling you to bet mybookie.ag if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie.ag. Promo code SKIN, that's S-K-I-N. When you use that promo code, mybookie will match 100% of your deposit up to $1,000. That's mybookie.ag, promo code SKIN. He only has three rings. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio's number one sports station. The Armchair Quarterbacks got you covered. Don't miss a moment of Armchair Quarterbacks Masters Week. Arnold Palmer is the Masters champion of 1960. He has birdied the last two holes. One of the greatest displays of courageous golf that anybody has ever seen any place. Maybe. Yes, sir! There it is! Can you believe it? Nick Maldo! There it is! A win for the ages! Is it his time? Yes! Oh, my goodness! Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Week-long coverage of the Masters here on Armchair Quarterbacks, CBS Sports Radio. They don't play the PlayStation like us. They don't play it like us. They don't play the PlayStation like us. They don't play it like us. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks, CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. (laughs) Houston Texans running back David Johnson is unlikely to play Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Johnson did not practice Wednesday three days after suffering a concussion against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Interim coach Romeo Cornell said Wednesday, quote, it's still up in the air. Duke Johnson would be expected to start Sunday and get the bulk of the carries if David Johnson if David Johnson could not go. Duke had 16 carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown with 32 yards receiving. Catcher JT Realmuto, outfielder George Springer, and second baseman DJ LeMayhew 
rejected their qualifying offers on Wednesday, the deadline for players to receive or reject $18.9 million offer. New York Mets right-hander Marcus Stroman and San Francisco Giants right-hander Kevin Galsman both accepted their offers, putting them under contract with their teams through the 2021 season. A slew of college football games have been postponed this weekend or canceled. Here's the list, starting with the Southeastern Conference, Alabama versus LSU, Texas A&M versus Tennessee, Georgia versus Missouri, and Auburn versus Mississippi State. And in the Big Ten, Ohio State versus Maryland has been flat canceled. Tonight we do have a college football game. Colorado State is at Boise State. That game is at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Looking over to the NFL Thursday night football, five and three Colts are at the six and two Tennessee Titans. That game will be for first place in the AFC South. These two teams meet two times in the next three games. Sandwiched in between, the Titans will play the Ravens, the Colts will play the Packers. Tennessee is currently a pick'em, and the over-under is 48 and a half. And that's your Armchair Quarterback's Wake Up Show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, our Facebook Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app. Weekends in the fall just got a hell of a lot better. Saturday mornings, it's Dixie Football Nation, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We talk SEC, ACC, the Big Ten, and more. As the only true Southern football kickoff show on Facebook Live, you don't want to miss it. 8 to 9 Eastern Saturdays, the armchair quarterbacks have got you covered all football season long. This is Britney Spears. What up, what up, this is Jay-Z. This is Jennifer Lopez. Armchair. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. This is Hurricane Ada or ETA or Ida, however the hell you pronounce it, is uh, crashing through the state of Florida and going through Georgia. It's held up the... The Masters. We'll get into that here in a second, but uh, look, I had to go. Look, I have to respond to something because I saw this pop up during the last hour. But we usually have our hours set up pretty rigid in that first hour, so I knew I wouldn't be able to get into this. It was going to take too long. But Cam Newton was quoted as saying, "I believe it was it, it was in one of his." Uh, video blurbs where he's you know dre- dressed like Medea or the mask or however you know his his wardrobe. What's the opposite of impeccable? Atrocious. His wardrobe is atrocious. But anyways, Cam Newton comes out and says, and I quote: "I understand there's a standard here at New England, and when I say we're close." We are extremely close. What in the hell is he talking about? The Patriots are close to their standard? Maybe their standard in the 1980s, but not, 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 not the Bill Belichick's era. Not the Belichick-Brady era. I hate to break it for Cam Newton, but he's not going to be a Patriot next year. I guarantee you, Belichick has seen enough. 
but he's trying to make the playoffs and he probably thinks that Cam Newton gives him the best chance as opposed to starting Stidham and putting Stidham in the lineup and then have to go through the bumps and bruises of that when you're sitting at three and five. Every game is crucial and his only chance is to pull off some miracle wins, including this coming weekend where they are going to play the Baltimore Ravens. Now we're going to see how close he thinks or how close or extremely close, excuse me, how he put it. We're going to find out real quick come Sunday night because they're going to go in up against the Ravens. They do get them at home, but they're going to go up against the Ravens and play a Baltimore team that is going to mash the ball down their throats. They are going to get after him like no other. He thinks he had a hard time moving the ball and staying in the game against the New York Jets. Brother, the Ravens are coming to town, and they always have bad intentions. They don't care that you are down and out. They've been waiting for this. And by the way, if they do get past that game, week 11, they're at Houston. That's not going to be an easy game. I would actually make Houston a favorite in that game at this point. They're going to play the Cardinals. They're going to play the Chargers. And they're going to play the Rams. They're going to play at the Dolphins. They're going to play the Bills. And they're going to play the Jets. Extremely close. Your next, was it? their next eight games, they'll be a underdog in every single one of them in all likelihood until they play the Jets in week 17 when no one cares. And you're extremely close? Man, get the hell out of here. I'm sorry, but I had to respond to that. And ESPN's over here, was over there, and they were they were taking it serious. You get these chuckleheads on ESPN that always, oh my God, they never stop with the just the foaming at the mouth and the fawning over at Cam Newton. And it's very obvious why some of them do that, but it's just ridiculous at this point. Some of these guys haven't been out of the game long enough and are still buddies with so many players, they don't want to step on their toes, but they have no problem raking other players over the coals. But when it comes to Cam Newton, for some reason, he's a Teflon Don to, uh, to the, to the ESPN family. They think that he is just, I don't know if now it's because he's playing in Bristol. I mean, playing in new England and obviously ESPN sits in Bristol, Connecticut. So I'm sure there's some of that going on. But there's got to be some common sense that when they say something like this, someone goes, has got to stand up and go, are you serious right now? He's three and five. He damn well could be two and six. He barely squeaked out that win against the Jets. The Jets! Probably the worst team, not just in football, but the worst team in sport right now. The Jets! You squeaked out a three-point win against the Jets. And you're extremely close to being to the standard of the New England Patriots. 
All right, moving on. I won't beat that. I could beat that drum for six hours. That is just absurd. Uh, moving on. The uh, you know we talked about that the AL and NL Cy Young Award winners were announced today. Or excuse me, last night. Uh, Trevor Bauer gets it for the National League. He got twenty-seven of thirty votes, and Shane Bieber became the first unanimous choice in the American League since. 2011 that's almost a decade now i I have to put an asterisk next to all these because it's a 60 game shortened season if we would have gotten in 82 i would almost stand down but you're talking about a third of a regular season essentially and ups and downs come in seasons when you're only playing a sprint, it is a hell of a lot easier to perform at a high level for 60 games than it is 162. That's number one. And then also, don't forget that we were all put in these divisions where you couldn't play outside of your time zone, essentially. So if you were in the National League East, you only played the East and you only played the AL East. Same thing with the Central and the West. So Shane Bieber got all these votes and he had a great season, but he went up against the NL Central and AL Central. The same thing with Trevor Bauer. Now, if I was going to line up batting lineups throughout major league baseball and do it geographically to a man, you would say that the American league central and national league central were by far the weakest offenses. If you compare them to the AL East, the NL East, the NL West and AL West. And I'm not saying Shane Bieber is not a very good pitcher. He pitched a hell of a game against the Braves an NL East team in the playoffs. But my point is in a 162 game season where there's a lot of travel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, would Bauer have done that over an entire season? I don't know, but I do know this. It would have been a heck of a lot more difficult because you're not playing against regional you would have had to play against everybody. And we all know how batters and hitters are. Some guys just have your number. The same thing with Bieber. So I found I found it interesting that both went to the same uh, geographic location. Hell, they came from the same state, but they're obviously not in the same division. But but they played against similar opponents. So you can stack up a lot of great stats against a. Are you are you kidding me? You're getting to pitch against the Royals, the Tigers, the Pirates. This is on the regular. You can stack up some big time, big time stats. Uh, today, the National League and American League ML and NL MVP and AL MVP will be announced. The finalists in the American League are Jose Abreu, DJ LeMahieu, and Jose Ramirez. I think Jose Abreu is going to win it. I personally would have taken Jose Jose Ramirez 
because when he caught fire and he caught fire, he carried that team offensively. The White Sox were pretty loaded from top to bottom. I know that Obreu technically had a better season, but I think the most valuable player in that in their respective locker locker rooms, I think it's Jose Ramirez. I think if you take Jose Abreu out of the White Sox lineup for a few weeks, they're going to be okay. You take him out of the Indians lineup, they were struggling to score as it is. It would have been a disaster. Go over to the National League, and it comes down to Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Manny Machado. You know I'm going to go with Freddie Freeman. I watch him play every day and what he meant to that team. And then coming back from COVID and then everything else, you've got – I just think you have to give it to Freddie Freeman. Manny Machado I don't even think is the best player on his team. I would have thrown more votes at Tatis. I know Tatis tanked in the last couple of weeks of the season, but Tatis – Carried that team, ignited that team, and then when he fell off the wayside for like the last, it was like the last ten or twelve games, he didn't play very well, and that's the problem with the sixty-game season. But he didn't play very well. Well, they had already sewn up the the playoffs. San Diego knew that they weren't going to win the division. They also knew that they weren't going to miss the playoffs. They were locked into the four seed. So I have a, I have a hard time putting Machado there because without. Tatis, Machado does not have the season he has. And I can't say that in reverse. And then Mookie Betts, I can't put him as the NL MVP. First of all, Freddie Freeman's like top two or three in every statistic that counts in Major League Baseball this year. So that's one of the reasons. But then also Mookie Betts was just added to an already ridiculously talented lineup. I mean, ridiculously talented. So is he really the most valuable player? Hell no, he's not. If Mookie Betts went out, we'll say for, I don't know, two weeks because of injury or whatever, the Dodgers would keep on clicking. But we've seen what happens when Freddie Freeman comes out of the lineup. He is the stir. He is the straw that stirs the can. The straw that stirs the drink. Excuse me. Got tongue tied there. As good as Ozuna was, I would have had to have give it to Freddie Freeman over him because I don't think Ozuna does Ozuna twenty twenty things without Freddie Freeman leading the way. But I can't necessarily say that for Machado. And I damn sure can't say it for Mookie Betts. The playoff MVP? Yeah, give me Mookie Betts. But he keeps getting overlooked about the fact that Freddie Freeman's a pretty damn good defender. And I kept I kept hearing these, these uh, pundits on MLB Network trying to tell you that, well, the defense separates him because he's elite right fielder he isn't he is an elite right fielder freddie freeman's an elite first baseman i mean i think freddie freeman should probably should have won the gold glove they they gave it to rizzo real quick on that let's let's go to the silver sluggers 
and gold gloves, and then, and then we'll move on. Just want to make sure everyone knows who won everything. Um, in the American League, Silver Slugger, you got Salvador Perez, Jose Abreu, DJ LeMahieu, Jose Ramirez, Tim Anderson, Tescar Hernandez, Eloy Jimenez, Mike Trout, and Nelson Cruz. In the National League, Silver Slugger Award, we ended up with four Atlanta Braves. Darnode, Freddie Freeman, Acuna, and Marcelo Zuna. Other guys were second base was Donovan Solano, Machado and Tatis, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, and Jose, excuse me, Juan Soto. And the gold gloves, real quick. Uh, in the American League, Roberto Perez, Evan White, Cesar Hernandez, Isaiah Kinner Falefa of the Rangers. I guarantee you that's a name that probably 95% of baseball fans are like, who? J.P. Crawford of the Mariners at short, Gordon, Robert, Luis Robert, Joey Gallo, and Griffin Canning were the American League and the National League. Max Freed was the lone brave to get a gold glove award. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Tucker Barnhart catcher, Anthony Rizzo, Colton Wong, Nolan Arenado, Javi Baez in the outfield. You had Tyler O'Neill of the Cardinals, Trent Grisham of the Padres and Mookie Betts of the Dodgers. And the Platinum Glove winners, and this meant that they are the best defensive players in all of base, you know, in their entire league. It's, it's, it's kind of a new one. Uh, Alex Gordon won it for the American League. Remember, he's he's retiring. And Nolan Arenado of the Rockies. Um, if Alex Gordon want to come back the next couple of years and play off the bench as a platoon guy, and a guy who could make a run in the playoffs as a defensive specialist, he could he, he could darn well do it. But I think Alex Gordon's ready to ride off into the sunset, and so that's why you have that. Uh, the Masters. The plan today was at this time we were going to look at at the at the at the scores and keep the scoreboard update. But if you if you're just joining us, what's going on is that the Masters um, has been delayed. The, there were, there were, it looks like to me that a one hole got played through at the very beginning. So we do technically have a scoreboard. Lucas Glover, CT Pond, Connors, Howell, Jazz, Jawatner around. I'm not going to try to say that twice. Uh, God, I hope he does. I'm, I hate to say I'm pulling against someone, but old, old Jazzy J will be his name if he ends up making a, a run because that is a name. That thing, if you try to put that on the back of a football jersey, it would go from armpit to armpit, maybe even all the way down to the elbows. Uh, Sandy Lyle, Jimmy Walker, Snedeker, and Yuxing Lean, they are, they've all played. They're all through one hole, and that's all you've got. So what you're waiting for down the stretch here is these are the next tee times. You're going to have Webb Simpson, 
Leisham, Hideki Matsuyama. Those are the next tee times, but they do not have an ETA on that. Uh, they are starting to show some video of live at Augusta. It looks like it's clearing up a little bit. That's good. Now, I don't know if there's other bands that are expected behind it, but as of right now, that's what we're looking at. And uh, after that, the once it gets going, some of the guys are going to tee off pretty quickly. Now they might condense this. They might start some guys on the nine and some guys on the on the on the one to to try to condense this. So stay tuned for that. But as of right now, when this thing gets going, one of the first ones to tee off is going to be DeChambeau and John Rom. They're they're going to tee off together, and that would be about twenty minutes after they resume play. Uh, other names that, that'll be teeing off. Shortly after they resume play will be uh, Tony Finau, Jason Day, Tiger Woods, Vijay Singh, Jordan Spieth. All of them will be teeing off in the... I'm hoping by noon. is That's what I'm hoping for. I have not seen an update, but that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, later on in the day, you're going to get Ricky Fowler, Phil Mickelson, Bubba Watson about midway through some of the last guys to tee off, by the way, they didn't build it very well on a Thursday, but some of the last guys to tee off. Well, guys of relevance, the last three pairings don't, don't have anyone in it, but Dustin Johnson, Roy McElroy, Brooks Kepka. They're all going to tee off much later. Those might be the ones that are told to go to nine and finish and, you know, go, go basically hole nine through hole eight as opposed to one through 18. So I'm hoping that's what they'll do. And we'll just finish with a flurry of really good golf today. They had the cutoff around five thirty Eastern. So they don't have a big window. Like normally they, they go to seven thirty Eastern and you like that, but because of the, uh, don't blame it on COVID, but it's, it's essentially it's because of COVID it pushing back to the fall. It came before daylight savings time. And when we first started talking about this, I can't believe I didn't think about that. And now that it's out there, this was stupid to do it in November. I mean, stupid. Why the hell didn't you do this in October? You had all the way till the weekend before Thanksgiving. Actually, Thanksgiving. The weekend before Halloween. You had all the way till the weekend before Halloween to get rid of this. And you could have played it all the way. So we'll say the cutoff would have been the weekend of October 24th. Well, you could have had your 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 7.30 dusk. Probably would have been closer to 6.30. Probably gained about an hour. Because let's be honest, when you're doing it in the spring, the days are just longer in general. It's not just the time period. So we'll say 6 o'clock-ish, you could have played till 
6, 6.30, maybe even as late as 7 p.m. Eastern, but you probably would have been fighting the, the daylight. So we'll say 6.30. To push it to past daylight savings time was insane. By the way, they're showing the radar. It looks like Ada is starting to leave us. So um, that is a good thing. It's, it's, it's essentially sitting over Jacksonville, but most of the hard, hard, heavy rain and winds have gone through. You know, we're still getting some uh, some some rain out there. By this evening, by the time the Titans game kicks off, Titans and Colts tonight on Thursday night, uh, this should be out into the North Atlantic. And once it gets out there, I showed the I saw the the uh, the timeline of it. Man, it's going to get to booking. Once it gets over off the land and gets into that jet stream, it is going to get to booking across the North Atlantic. It might even hit up into the United Kingdom area, but by then it's going to be colder water and you're probably looking at, you know, just what you typically expect when when, when you see the United Kingdom gray skies and and rain, but it's going to get to booking. Right now they have a flash flood uh, advisory, by the way, all through the Carolinas. So all that should be going through Georgia is the whole point of this. I'm not trying to turn this into a meteorology show because I'm obviously not qualified. I am always fascinated by, uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, natural disasters. I, you can get me sucked into watching the weather channel for hours when one is going on, but the whole point of, of what I'm getting to is that we should start getting some golf. I think in the next couple hours, I'm hoping by noon, by lunchtime, can we get, can we get some golf going by lunchtime? I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's possible. The, uh, you know, I, don't, I think the weather channel is missing out on the fact that they should really be focusing on that area. They keep focusing on other areas, Florida, North Carolina, they need to be focusing on Augusta, Georgia. That's where everyone cares about right now. Um, but those are the those are the big tea times that we're waiting for. Let's go ahead and take a quick break because when we come back, we're going to talk a little fantasy football about tonight's game. Who should you start and who should you bench? Who should you be scared of starting? And who should you not be sleeping on? As long as well as why I think this division's gonna get away from a certain team in a hurry. We'll be back in a flash here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio, the Armchair Quarterbacks app, and we're on Facebook Live every day. You threw my sandwich away. My sandwich! My sandwich! After these messages, we'll be right back. Top Gun Supply is the friendly gun shop. They are a Glock, blue label dealer for military and first responders. So stop on by at Top Gun Supply at 525 State Road 16, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. The friendly gun shop. Proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Little Southside, oh shit. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. Rock this funky 
We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at screwballwhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. You're, you're talking about a bunch of unproven kids who were in the prom. You know, literally, they were in the prom like six months ago at their high school. No, they weren't, because, no they weren't because they, they were, were all gone. <laughs> exactly. They, <laughs> okay, they were in a first place. These are promless teenagers. If he's from a Big Ten state. If he's from a Big Ten state, he didn't have prom. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> they were at a virtual prom. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> tough for Wisconsin. That's called porn. Now. That's called porn. <laughs> Stop it. They get a um they get a break this week because I, I gotta mess to clean up, fun. guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, virtual prom. There's my walk off for the day. Thanks, Mac. I gotta yeah, drive my, my keyboard out now. Armchair. That cool, refreshing feeling of Wrigley's Spearmint Gum Puts a sparkle in your eye, a spring in your step And makes things lots of fun It's that little lift from Wrigley's Spearmint Gum It's that little lift, come on and get you some That clean, fresh taste Wrigley's Spearmint's got Side of the cantina. I asked the guy why he's so fly. He said, Funky Cole Medina. Welcome back here to the Armchair Quarterbacks. Uh, a good friend of the show, Brian, just chimed in about NBA free agency. We'll actually be doing NBA free agency tomorrow. Uh, a lot of stuff we're going to talk about the NBA. Uh, 9 a.m. Uh, every Friday, Matt Carr's with us, and he's a big NBA guy, and uh, we always go over NBA as as well as NFL in that hour. But uh, we always try to dabble a little bit in the NBA. I know they lost a lot of their fans this year, but we're we're gonna do it the old college try and. Do, do a little coverage of it this year. Maybe some fans come back. Uh, we'll see what happens as the uh, political climate kind of dies down a little bit by the time they start up. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But we, we will be – well, you you got the NBA draft. The NBA draft is uh, next next Thursday. It's not, next Wednesday or Thursday. I think it's Wednesday because uh, they didn't want to go up against – normally they do it on Thursdays, but they didn't want to go up against – uh, Thursday night football. So I believe it's next Wednesday. You got the NBA draft and there's a lot of questions with that. So we're going to talk about that as well. Uh, look forward to that as uh, Matt will be with us on uh, tomorrow. And I've got good news. I, during the break, I pulled up uh, the, the weather in uh, the, where the masters is at Augusta, Georgia. And what we are looking at right now, right now there's around 70% chance of rain, but some of the guys are starting to come back out and warm up. I'm looking at the forecast, and 
by the time that we hit 11 a.m., it's down to 30% chance. And, of course, it's moving so fast, 30% is going to be hardly anything. By the time that we get to noon at lunchtime, which is what I was just talking about, we should be uh, rolling out everyone by then. So I'm thinking we're going to start seeing some guys tee off probably within the hour and then uh, we'll be going full bore by noon lunchtime. So we'll get a lot of it crammed in. Like I said, it would not shock me if they come out and say, the only way we're going to get this in is if we have some guys play on nine, they might just try to play it through and see how far they can get and then go from there tomorrow. But I'll tell you what, if you are a golfer, on that tee, you want to be out there right now because the wind is going to go down to, by the way, by the, by the time they get going this afternoon, the wind's going to be almost non factor. They're talking about five to 10 miles an hour. That's nothing. But the fact that it just did all that rain, you, the big hitters like Kepka and Rom and, uh, they which th those are my three to click. They, they get a big advantage today. You want to be out there. You do not want this pushback because the wetter the green, they can just attack it. And we might see some great scores. So I hope they get them all out there because that could be a lot of fun. If they, now they're expecting much drier climate uh, late Friday and uh, all through Saturday. They said they could get some rain on Sunday. So moving day on Saturday is going to be interesting because you're going to get a much drier green. So you want to try to get as many birdies and eagles as you can because the bogeys are coming Saturday. Um, fantasy football. So I'm just looking at this game in particular today because the well, I get this question a lot, and I'm trying to uh, address it now on, on on Thursdays on this segment because everyone's always up in arms of, do I start so-and-so or do I wait until the weekend to start someone else? So now all the all the questions that are thrown to us are usually given us to us referring to the Sunday. And of course we do the Sunday morning show with, uh, Steven and Sean, but I'm going to try to address some questions that people might have as far as, do I want to start this quarterback or that quarterback or this running back, et cetera. So let's go ahead and start. Let's start with the quarterback position. Tannehill right now is being ranked on in my top 25 Tannehill is ranked uh well right now he's technically 14th I had him 15th because Ben Roethlisberger was was a touch in front of him but Roethlisberger being on COVID-19 I had to take him out of my list for now so these are guys that I like better than Tannehill at this point some guys that you you could stream the you I think Matt Stafford, assuming all things, all systems are go, he should have a pretty decent game at home against the Redskins, or excuse me, the Washington football team. I've got Drew Brees in front of him. I've got Carson Wentz in front of him playing against the Giants. But if you're in a bind, I don't think Tannehill is a terrible start today. I think you'll probably see him with the, with around 200, somewhere around the 250 range and maybe two touchdowns. 
but I don't expect a big game. I, I just saw, I also don't expect a stinker because I do believe that they're going to have to throw the ball to be able to, to to be able to move the ball effectively on the Colts. Not that Derrick Henry's not going to get any yards, but if they're going to move the ball, they they're, they're going to be very balanced. That is a good Colts defense. Conversely, Philip Rivers, you have to be in one of the deepest leagues I've ever heard of for you to be starting Philip Rivers today. Now, he's got a great matchup. That's the thing is that he has a great matchup going into today. Because when you look at the fact that he's playing the Titans secondary, I think a lot of people would have been thinking about streaming him. Okay, because a lot of people are missing. We'll just take the Chiefs, for instance. I know there's four teams on a bye, but Mahomes. Mahomes is a big concern. If you if you don't have Mahomes, who do you go for? There are so many better because the problem with Phillip Rivers is you're going to get ducked if you end up, if he ends up throwing a couple of picks. I don't think the Tennessee Titans defense is going to play as poorly as it has in the previous weeks. It seems like that there was a wake up call given to them last week when they started making cuts and making trades. And off of that, I think Vrabel's got their attention. So I expect a little better defensive play. They're not going to all of a sudden become the 85 Bears or the 86 Giants. But I'm saying that they are going to be better than they have been. So I'd be a little concerned starting him. Guys guys that I like better that you could probably stream this week would be Bridgewater. So, you know, we talked about Stafford. Hell, Daniel Jones would probably be a Drew Locke wouldn't be a terrible stream because you're talking about going out to Vegas and being what is probably a shootout. Um now, now we switch over to running backs. And of course, look, don't get cute. This time of the season, you're trying to get W's, don't get cute. If you're benching Derrick Henry, you must have. An all-time, all-time running backs and flex options. If I'm de- benching Derrick Henry, it's because I've got like Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones going up against the, the Jaguars, and Alvin Kamara. But don't get cute. You start Derrick Henry because you know he's going to get the workload. There's a good chance he'll get into the end zone. I'm not expecting him to go the hell off and have 150 yards and two touchdowns like he, like like he's capable of doing. But I will say this: Derrick Henry shows up in the bright lights. You ever notice that the few games that Tennessee does get on national television for Thursday night or Monday night games a year, it seems like Derrick. That's when the Derrick Henry show happens. Remember the 99 yard touchdown run against the Jaguars. Derrick Henry seems to show up at the big at the big moment. So I would I would preface that and say uh he he could have a big game, but just don't expect the the, the moon and the sun and the stars. But you don't bench Derrick Henry. Now the running back situation in Indianapolis, that is an absolute nightmare. And I do believe they're gonna throw more than they're going to run. So if if that's the case. Um, I think you're going to be hard pressed 
to be able to pick out of the lottery who the hell is going to win this game. I mean, I mean, who's going to dominate in the in the running game? You, you, you want to say Jordan Wilkins, but Jonathan Taylor to me is the more talented one. But they, it seems like they've gone away from him. And oh, by the way, Hines might show up. So I, if there's a lot of I would rather do something like stream Duke Johnson than to try to pick out someone from the from the uh, the Colts running back. It's a stable. They've got three pretty good running backs. Not counting the fact that Marlon Mack got injured. Can you imagine that nightmare? But I will say this. If you are in a bind and you have to try to throw a dart... I would probably go with Jordan Wilkins. It seems like he. It seems like they're leaning on him around the end zone, and he'll get and, he, and he'll be involved in the passing game as well. But I would try to steer clear of that. Um, hell, I'd I'd rather try to stream Gus Edwards against the Patriots than to try to figure that out. The receivers. There are two gotta starts in this game if you have them. A.J. Brown, obviously, and I think Corey Davis will have a decent game, too. I think they're going to have a hard time uh, running the ball from time to time. They're going to go to the air, and Corey Davis, I could see him slipping in and getting six six to eight targets somewhere in that area, around four or five catches. He'll probably flirt with around 80 yards receiving, and if he sneaks into the end zone, that's all you need for a solid start from a receiver. So, if you, so if you're if you're if you're you know if you have a a Tyree kill on a buy, you really need to look at possibly picking up Corey Davis. Um, if you're fortunate enough to not have to make that decision, fair enough. But Corey Davis should have a decent night. AJ Brown should have a good night. And just like the the freaking um. The excuse me, the uh, Colts running backfield, the Colts receivers are a nightmare to figure out. They're an absolute nightmare, and they don't have anyone in particular that jumps out. I think the guy with the most upside, if I was going to have to throw a dart and hit one, would be Michael Pittman. Maybe if you're doing DFS, look at Michael Pittman. He came off an injury a couple weeks back, and he's he's playing okay. But this could be a game where Michael Pittman breaks out. You go to the tight ends, Johnny Smith. I mean, until further notice, I think Johnny Smith's a guy that I'm, I'm going to put in most games. I get that. Uh, he hasn't had the biggest weeks for here recently, and the Colts have a good line, linebacking core. But Johnny Smith will be a part of that passing game. And if they get the running game going, that is a hard combination to stop. And that's usually when they do get the running game going, that's usually when they slip Johnny Smith into the uh, secondary. And he's a guy that can, but Johnny Smith's one of those rare tight ends that when he gets the ball in space, he can take it to the house. Mo Alley Cox, I'm. I'm a little more on the fence with him. He's got a very good matchup in the Tennessee Titans. They do give up a lot to uh, tight ends. 
But the but the problem is the Chargers have not shown that they the, the Colts have shown have not shown that they're willing to make Mo Ali Cox the only tight end involved. So you got timeshare issues. He's also banged up, but they do expect him to play. I would sincerely just stay away from O. Alley Cox. But between him and Trey Burton and Dallas, I mean, I just, I don't know what I would do there. So, um, there you have it for that. As far as the defenses go, I don't like going up against the Tennessee Titans offense, so I would be a little hesitant to start the Colts defense. If it's not big time, uh, if it doesn't matter, your points given up is not a big deal, then you might could start them. But the Tennessee Titans defense against the Colts, they could get a pick here or there, but I think it's very middle of the road. I have both of these defenses tonight and their matchups is middle of the road. On on my rankings right now, I've actually got the Titans a little ahead of the Colts. Um, I've got the Titans sitting barely in my top 10 just because they're playing against Phillip Rivers. They could get some picks. And then, of course, the Colts, I have them down to 15th because as good as they are talent-wise, they are facing a pretty good offense and also long term if you if you have the Colts defense you 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 got to figure out a plan B. I I talked about their schedule coming up. They have a tough tough schedule and it's going to be more you're either going to be starting a defense you don't want to start or you're going to be keeping them on the bench every single week. Look ahead, you're getting closer to the playoffs and now you can kind of deduct, well this is what we've done so far, this is what we can expect they'll do. The Colts' defense, as talented as they are, are almost unrosterable in fantasy football. Because when you hit the final weeks of the playoffs, so we're talking about weeks 14, 15, and 16, there is no way on God's green earth you want to start them when they're going up teams like the Packers, the Col- uh, excuse me, the, uh, the Titans again. They're going to be going up against Deshaun Watson twice. I mean that's a nightmare. You, I, there was a league I thought about picking them up, and I looked at their schedule. I was like, "What the hell? I don't want this. This is be a headache and a half." It's because I was like, "Well, you know, they got a bad matchup this week, but let's see what they got next week." Ah, oh, crap, the Packers. Ah, oh, crap, the Titans. And it just got worse and worse. I was like, by week seventeen, their only good matchup they have on defense is week seventeen, which most leagues don't have a week seventeen. So unless you have some goofy thing that happens there, the Colts, week 17, and home against the Jaguars, that is the only week that they're worth having. Now, if they do something weird with the NFL schedule and turn 17 into 16, which means there would be an 18, something like that, which I don't think they would do it for every single team, so it would only be a few teams here and there, then maybe you do something there. But other than that, man, stay away from it. DFS-wise, the Colts will be all right that week. 
Season-long series? Hell no nah to the no, no, no. Let's get out of here. It's a Masters Day, and we got a lot to watch along with the Titans versus the Colts. So we're going to go ahead and uh, dip out of here on uh, Turn Back Time. I've never heard much feedback. I hope you all enjoy Turn Back Time birthdays. I always think that it's a, uh, that it's, uh, well, it's fun to learn about the past or be reminded. It depends on where you are, how old you are. On this date, 1986, Roger Clemens unanimously wins the Cy Young Award. That was a hell of a year. That was pre-steroids. Um, also, on this date. In 1886, though teams routinely bought players from each other, the Reds and Browns become the first clubs to trade personnel. St. Louis deals outfielder Hugh Nickel, who would get 138 stolen bases next season. They must have been real lenient on what they called a stolen base. And they they would, uh, to Cincinnati, exchange for backstop Honest Jack Boyle, a rookie with one game of major league experience, and more importantly, they got $400 out of the deal. So they sent money, and they sent one of their best players to get a rookie, and there you have the first trade in Major League Baseball history happened on this date in 1886. Hugh Nickel is the name to remember. Also on this date in 1920, this is, this is not to be look overlooked is 100 years ago today. Man, do I feel old because I remember growing up reading about this and now we're at the 100-year anniversary. Major League Baseball hires U.S. District Judge Kennesaw Mount Landis to be the game's first commissioner. The selection of Landis, who was known as a tough-minded jurist, is seen as a move by the owners to restore the public's faith in its national pastime. Remember, this was right after the 1919 World Series scandal. That news had broke, and later on, the Landis, who was always looked upon as a hard ass and someone who was unfair at times, he would end up, Banning for life, one of my childhood heroes because I read so much about him. I can't, I can't tell you how excited I was when Field of Dreams was made because I found out that it was it was going to have to do with Shoeless Joe Jackson. I'd already read several books as a kid about him. Uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, he, he would ban Shoeless Joe Jackson. And uh, the, the other seven White Sox that were... Though some of them denied it, they were proven in a court of law to have been involved in throwing the 1919 World Series, one of the darkest days in the history of all of sport and especially Major League Baseball. Birthdays. It's your birthday today. 76 years young. One of my favorite all-time broadcasters from Brooklyn, New York. He did the miracle on ice. He did ABC Monday Night Baseball. 
he did several not just football games and baseball games but was involved in the Olympics quite a bit he is now the voice of Sunday Night Football Al Michaels 76 years old today hope he has several years left because I thoroughly enjoy Al Michaels when he goes away I shudder and think who's going to be our guy on, on Sunday Night Football no one can do it like Al Michaels. He is the him and Brent Musburger are my all-time two favorite television broadcasts broadcasters. And when he retires, it's going to be a dark day because Chris Collinsworth is tolerable to me because of Al Michaels. And though Collinsworth may retire when when Al Michaels retires, he may not want to do it without Michaels. But you know, we had Michaels with Matt Madden which was fun. And now we have Michaels and Collinsworth. I shudder to think what we might get when we get, when we go to the next, the next chapter of Sunday night football, because it could, we might get lucky and there's someone really good out there. They can do it and do it well, but there's no one going to do it better than him. Also, uh, Tanya Harding, 50 years old today god for those of us that live back th through that that seems like yesterday that our entire phil i guess it was late summer anyways it was like two months of the scandal between her and uh the other skater that's oh man i'm, I'm i guess i'm having a senior moment right now uh i can see her face playing as day but tanya harding got in, into the incident with uh, going out in, remember, she was the one involved in, I don't think she ended up being the one that did it, but she had the girl that she was going up against in the Olympics or Olympic trials take a, take a pipe to her knee. Nancy Kerrigan, that's who it was. I just, I just remember it. Um, and of course we always remember the, Oh, why? Oh, why? And she's crying and America felt sorry for, her. and then they ended up competing. And then we all ended up seeing, um, it wasn't until after that, that we found out that she was behind it, but, uh, Oksana Bayul ends up winning it all. I think if Kerrigan doesn't get injured, Bayul does not win that. I think she was the better skater. Harding knew she was the better skater. She envied her. What a piece of work Tanya Harding has been. Also, Michael Moore, the ex-champion. Uh, I've told that story before, how, how we had to get him out of a bar one night. Uh, I'll probably tell that again down the road. We don't have time today. He is 53 years old. And Sammy Sosa is 52 years old. So a lot of, lot of big names in sport having birthdays today. See, I'm, see, I'm, I'm trying to see. If oh, Jason Day. Jason Day is in, in action today. We'll go ahead and throw him out there. He is. Jason Day is only 33 years old. I really thought he was a little older than that. I thought he was late 30s. So Jason Day, 33 years old. Have a good birthday, brother. Hopefully you go out there and put up a good number. We'll see you manana on a football Friday. Do, 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 do. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time.
time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast. Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day. Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today. And don't forget to tap that app. The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download, and you can take us anywhere you go. You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app. haven't downloaded it yet your armchair quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today google android apple iphone that's right download it tap that app today you can take the armchair quarterbacks app anywhere free to download free to use and important to have download it today tap that armchair quarterbacks app the best in southeast sports talk listen live or catch the replay i kind of like that i want to tap